Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast presented proudly by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, any match. Get $200 free. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He's Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. Benny, let's get right into it. We are at Quail Hollow, site of the President's Cup this week. Yes, I can reach out and touch Ben. He's usually across the country from me. Now he is literally six inches away from me. This is a little too close, actually. So, Benny, what's going on? How are you? Good, mate. It's good to be here at Quail Hollow. Excited for another edition of the President's Cup. As you know, I have a little bias towards the international team. And I know we're up against it this time around. Maybe haven't ever won it on the U.S. soil. Haven't won it since 1998 at all. Yeah. But, hey, we're here to shock the world. That's all we can do. I think that is the very definition of up against it. (laughs) I mean, up against it is like, hey, we're a football team and we're like a two and a half point dog. This is more like they're bringing everything at us and we're going to try our best. Okay, I will be completely transparent, guys. Freezing cold take. I'm going with the U.S. this week. (laughs) It's no patriotism. It's not just for love of country. It's just they're a better team. They're going to win. You got to get me to about plus minus five and a half. (laughs) with a spread for me to start looking the other way, but I think this is the U.S. and I think it's in at least somewhat of a route. If not, you know, I don't know that they get to 20 points, but I think it's going to be somewhat close. Benny, give us an explanation as to why the international team can win this tournament this week. First, your best lock that I've seen is that six and a half start plus 100 for the internationals. Okay. Get on that. These boys will fight tooth and nail for this cup. They've got nothing to lose. I'd love to hear what you think this would be equivalent to if they did win this cup. Is it Douglas Tyson? Is it Miracle on Ice? I think it has the chance to be one of the biggest upsets in all of sports, let alone just golf. But the reality is they're playing with house money, as we talk about sometimes, and it's just 18 whole matches. It's not like they have to go four rounds against these guys and only one of them has to do well. They have to play in each individual match. They just take that as it comes and they've got nothing to lose. They can just fire at pins. They can just hammer away. They get routed. That's what everyone expected. But if they have a crack, if they can get something competitive and be off to a start, all of the pressure, all of it mounts to the UST. And then they've got to figure it out. I mean, imagine being those guys with a potential to lose. That's worse. What's very, very interesting, that first session on Thursday, remember, unlike the Ryder Cup, they go four days at the President's Cup here, and you can't really hide players because there will be 10 of the 12 players on each team playing during each of the first two days in those sessions. We're going to start with foursomes. Foursomes, usually the U.S. struggles during the Ryder Cup. The U.S. has absolutely dominated foursomes over the last 10 years. Justin Ray, our friend from the 21st group, had this stat that he tweeted out the other day. Four balls and singles matches are essentially pretty even between the U.S. and the international side. Foursomes, 
really interesting. The U.S. has blown away the internationals and foursomes. If it happens again, you guys are going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. Here's the thing about those stats that go back to all these cups, and this is very important as well, is really you can look at the last one. That's it. Because the international team for years has just thrown together a couple of guys from different nations who actually usually are rivals in their own sports. You know, Australians and South Africans, for example, hate each other's guts in cricket and rugby and whatever else. And then they're supposed to come together and be this unit, right? right? They don't have that natural camaraderie that the European teams have seemed to have over the years. But once we went to a data model in 2019 under Ernie Els, rather than who's your mate, who do you want to play with? Mm -hmm. We led the team competition. We came through for the first time since 03 it was and were leading after the first three days and got run down in singles. This is the way we're doing things now. We've got the data analysts in again, specialized crew. They're figuring out who the pairings are for the international team. They're putting guys that are supposed to gel well together analytically. And so that gives us a chance in my mind. It, it, you know, we've got rid of the egos. Oh, I want to play with him. No, I'm playing with him. Nope. You're going to go, this is how it's worked out. This is who we want to see you with. And that's what the stats say will be our best chance at victory. I do think it's almost, I shouldn't say a shame, but because it's an American side, I'm guessing that a decent amount of our listenership is from the United States, that you're going to root for your country. And I get that. It makes perfect sense. You do it during the Olympics. You do it in other world competitions. You want to root for your side. The international side is the perfect underdog to root for. And maybe if you want to bet with your heart, you say, hey, I'm going to bet on the team that I would like to root for as opposed to the team that I think might win. The underdog team is something that we always like to see. I found that at minus 700 plus 700, which is what these teams are, it's essentially like being a 16 and a half point favorite. That's what a 16 and a half point favorite in a football game would be on the money line. And we're into football season. I think everyone kind of understands that. So when we talk about greatest upsets of all time, I'm sure there have been NFL games, certainly college football games. In fact, not that long ago, Marshall beat Notre Dame just a couple of weeks ago at bigger than a 16 and a half point dog. And yet it still feels like this would be a massive, massive upset. Maybe the biggest we've ever seen in golf. Again, coming back to it, the fact of the matter is too, the team's a little different than we expected it would be. And that change was late. So that makes it hard. And 2019, the internationals knew who was going to be playing for months on end, essentially. Did a lot of bonding, came together, figured things out well in advance. That part was sort of taken away, I guess, this time around. So that makes them even bigger underdogs. But again, I mean, there's been some pretty rousing speeches, let me tell you, from people involved in that team. They're not here to make up numbers. They're not here to be trounced. And they've got no scar tissue as well. Eight newcomers. There were seven newcomers in 2019 for the Nationals. And only one of them has returned in Sung Jae Im. And that youthful exuberance was what sort of drove them. And we got, look, I wrote it yesterday. Tom Kim is the CEO of the international team. He's the chief energy officer. Mm. And he's there to bring the mood up every day to keep everyone fired up and to sort of show, hey, boys, we've got nothing to lose. Let's have fun and let's show them how good we can be. And, and Adam Scott's already talked about how he feels younger and more energized. And, you know, he's in his 10th cup. Yep. And think of that, he's never won one. Let's get into our top players for each team. Obviously, there are other betting markets Besides just the outright market, there's a lot of different ways we can play this this week. All right, since we're talking about the international team, let's start with top points getter for the international squad. We've got the odds up right now. Sung JM is actually your favorite. He's at plus 500 in most books. What do you think about him? Hideki Matsuyama right behind him, Corey Connors, Adam Scott. Where are you going? I did predict that Sung JM would be the, the man of the match. Look, as I said, I'm going out there. I know it's a bit biased. Definitely, as I said, look, go for the start if you want to put a serious bet on the national team. But I predict that they can win this 15 and a half to 14 and a half. 
And I've got my top point scorer for the week being Sung Jm. Sung Jae at that 500, I know he'll play a lot of matches, if not all of them. He's just got that robotic swing that's always going to be somewhat accurate and puts pressure on other players and other teams. So with that in mind, that's what you need for sort of match play. Pure accuracy. He's not like he's shy on distance. I think he can be the one to sort of set the tone to the Nationals. If you're looking at an outlier, I like young Tom Kim, as I said. He's sort of 700, plus 700, you can see that. Also, maybe and a super outlier, we've got Taylor Pendrith, 1,400 to be top point scorer for the Internationals. If he gets some time with his mate Corey like Connors, yeah. which is not necessarily how they're going to run it, but if he gets sort of four matches in, as most guys will, he's a chance. That's juicy odds to be the top point scorer there at 1,400. All right, as we look at the odds on Bet365, I'm going to go with the elder statesman on this squad. You look at what Adam Scott has done this year, and I get it. There haven't been some serious title contentions, but three top five finishes, six top 10 finishes, a pair of top 15 at major championships. He looks like he's energized. He looks like he's refreshed. I quite honestly wasn't sure a couple of years ago that Adam Scott would have it in him for this long in his career. I look good looking guy. He's got a family at home. He's got other interests. He's, you know, you just kind of could see Adam Scott getting to the age of 40 and going, you know what? I'm going to live somewhere and go surfing and play with my kids and not really care that much about golf anymore. And yet he seems like he's very focused on his game. They're going to need him to have a big week as the guy that sort of shows off for the younger guys. Hey, I've got to be a leader on this squad. I don't think that Adam is necessarily a rah-rah type of leader. He's going to have to lead with his clubs, going to have to lead with that sweet swing of his. I do believe that Adam Scott's going to have a really nice week. I can see him pairing with one of the young players on this team. And I think he's going to, like I said, just have a, a really big week. Very interestingly on a team where, what was it, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, where Adam Scott's career was sort of resurrected by yeah. being named to a President's the Cup. 2009 team. President's yeah. Cup. Adam Scott was free falling down the world ranking. Who named him to that team? Uh, some guy he knew from Australia. <laughs> it was pretty good. No, he had the shark, mate. Greg Norman, he, he, he picked Adam out of nowhere. And that was a turning point. He's ta talked about it many times. It gave him the confidence to realize he was still at the top level, still ready to rumble. And the hard thing with the international team in this point scoring market, and I'll, I'll know more sadly in the next few days, but they're going to be spread out. I don't think you're going to have like six guys playing five times and a few guys playing three times. Right. Okay. The fact is there's no weak link in terms of guys that have made the team that they didn't want there. And so with that, as I said, they're spreading it out across the four days to make sure that everyone's sort of not run out of steam by Sunday. And one of the issues we've had in the past is we've had to hide, try to hide guys or well in the past, you couldn't. Literally, they used to play for 32 and 34 points and you couldn't. We've managed to bring that down. You can hide a guy a little bit, but not much. There was a few guys, I think, I uh, hate to name names, but How Tong Lee in Melbourne was yeah. struggling big time and yep. we had to hide him, but then eventually had to play. There's no one like that this week that doesn't want to be there. There's an inform, so they're going to spread the love. So finding a guy that plays five and four times is important in this market. Let's get into the U.S. odds for top player on that side. As a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand, Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 free. And I think that covers golf, too. This is a game. It's all a game. Exactly. And so we get into the odds for the U.S. market. And very interesting. Okay, so they've got it. Bet365, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, and Patrick Cantley as the three favorites at 6-1. to one. 
Cantley and Shoffley should be teammates. We would think Scotty yeah. Scheffler's number one player in the world. I'm looking for an alpha dog. I'm looking for a leader on this squad, just like Adam Scott is a leader. And you're pointing to it. You've got the odds up right there, Benny. And it's Justin Thomas. Justin yeah. Thomas, in the last four editions of team competition, Ryder and President's Cup, an overall record of 12, 4, and 3. Interestingly enough, he's been undefeated going into Sunday in the last two President's Cup events, only to lose his singles match on Sunday. I'm betting that if it happens for a third time, he does not lose his singles match. I think JT goes undefeated this week. It might be a 3-0-2. It might be a 4-0-1. But JT does not lose at Quail Hollow, where, oh, by the way, he won his first career major championship five years ago. Like it, he, he jumps out on that board. At the fact that he's not the favorite is a little surprising, except for, as you said, look, Shoffley and Cantlay are almost certainly playing together in every session they want to. I would think so. They, they may sit out one session somewhere if Captain Love thinks that, you know, to give the other guys a bit of a run. It also might be dependent on the score. If they get up an early lead, you can see those two resting a Saturday session and being fresh for singles just in case. So I understand why Shoffley and, and Cantlay are in there at 6-1 to one because, you know, we know that they're a known entity, a great team together. They won the Zurich Classic. They'll do well. But Thomas, getting a bit more value there. The only thing I can think of is that I think that he might play with a few of the newcomers. He might be moved around in who he plays with rather than being in the Ryder Cup. Really? Sort of you don't think he gets Jordan for four matches? I, I don't know. I just Maybe he's the guy that they use to sort of jump and, and move between teams. They they did that with him in Whistling Straits, right? He played with Jordan and then he played with... I don't think he had the exact partner all week. See, so I, he could I look be at this guy. U.S. team as like, it's the Noah's Ark of yeah, team like, competition. It's like, you put him with, uh, it doesn't matter. Shoffley, well, I'm thinking like Shoffley and Cantley go together. JT and Spieth go together. Yeah. I'd assume that Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns are playing together. Yeah. Billy Horschel and Kevin Kisner, I get it. There's that Florida-Georgia line between them. Get it? Florida-Georgia line. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that those guys, a couple of fiery competitors, could really enjoy playing with each other. That leaves... Max Homa and maybe his cow buddy, Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau and Cameron Young, a couple of big hitters. It also leads into our favorite fades on each team. And I know some people are playing DFS this week. Maybe you're just looking for a guy to bet against. If you can find some matchups later in the week, once the matches are announced, we'll stick with the U.S. team here. My fade this week, and really, I, I've been bullish on him over the last few months, but it's almost just because he doesn't really have a partner. And I think his number is too short overall, but... Colin Morikawa at eight to one. I know he was messing around with a different putting stroke this week. He was looking at some things with Steve Stricker, who's one of the assistants. I just, I don't see it happening for Colin Morikawa. I'm not saying that he's going to play terribly this week, but without a true partner, remember he was playing with Dustin Johnson last year. That's not a possibility this week. I just don't think it's going to be a great week for Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I can agree with everything you've said there. I understand that. Like you said, it's guys who essentially won't have that same partner and know maybe they're being used to to see what the future may be as well, right? We've got to think, I said, there's going to be future Ryder Cups and more President's Cups in the future. And look at the guys like Cameron Young, Max Homer, Finau and Burns, et cetera. Like, you've got to start to work out where they're going to fit in the next decade in these teams because they're likely going to be around. Like Burns and Young, you've got to assume they're going to be in the team for the next five editions should they keep up their form. Who are they going to be with? Who do they fit with? And Morikawa, he's going to be there. Who is he going to be with? Who's his guy? We don't know yet. And look, comes down to match play. This is one of the reasons why the national team has struggled, right? Our best players have always been pure ball strikers. You need it all in match play. You need to have it all. You need to have it up upstairs as well. But it really is demoralizing when you're an Adam Scott or a Hideki Matsuyama type and Corey Connors is here this year as well, where you hit the fairway and then you laser it to eight feet 
and the guy behind you hits it to 24 feet and yeah. makes the putt and then you miss yours. And it yeah. happens way too often with the ball strikers. Morikawa fits that as well. I think that he could be one that will struggle this week. If he doesn't have his A game, he might be one of the, the links that the international team can get after. I know you don't want to fade anybody on the international team, <laughs> but I'm going to make you pick one player that you don't like as much as the other ones. Who's your fade, Benny? It's hard for me to say, as I said. Look, I would have been looking at Connors as that guy, except that he's wow. got, got Pendrick. So that sort of even brings him back into a decent space. Just for that reason alone, the putts, it comes down to that, right? Like, I think he'll hit it well. I think he'll hit it great, but he needs to make putts. And, and as I said, look, go through the team. You got Hideki, same thing. Adam Scott, same thing. If they do not make at least half of the putts that they usually do, that's where it's lights out for them. Yep. They must make their putt. So who's so, your fed? I guess Connor's in it, but you know, look, no one. I think they're all going to play really well. Like, even, oh my gosh! Look, if you want to look at look at my look they're at my long shots. Look at the back. Who look can at we say? Look at Munoz and Pereira, right? They're eighteen to one. Yeah, they're, but when they go together, let me tell you, they're going to be fired up if they get together and they get a match. And you're like, oh my god, they're no chance. That's where I think we're going to see some good odds this week in individual matches once they sort of come up. So I know it's really easy to say fade the guy who's eighteen to one to yeah. be the top team point scorer on his side. But Mito Pereira has been terrible yeah, lately. We all remember him going back to Southern Hills PGA Championship, had a chance to win, led on the final hole, made a double bogey, didn't even get into the playoff. Justin Thomas winds up winning. He came back the next two weeks. He finished top 15 the next two weeks. Okay, hey, Mito can bounce back from this. He's still going to be really good. I don't know if he ran into the rookie wall. I don't know if it was just the after effects of not winning a major. He lost his buddy Joaquin Neiman yeah. to live. I wonder how much he's going to be thinking about Missing Neiman and what could have been this week. He's 18 to one, but in his last six starts, Mito Pereira has missed four cuts in the two cuts he's made. He's been outside the top 40. That's awful. I don't like him this week. I'd be a little surprised if he plays more than three matches, quite honestly. He'd be one of the ones that is sitting in that three match bracket, unless they go out there and absolutely turn it on the first time he plays. And then that might sort of keep things in perspective and he might get another crack. But look, you're right. I think losing. Waco's a big, big thing for me, though. Those two had been looking forward to playing right. together a long, long time. They wanted to be able to shock the world together. But Mito needs to suck that up and go, well, now I can be the alpha in whatever partnership I am. I can prove myself as well. So we'll see. As I said, look, there's no doubt they're up against it. They will win a point or two here somewhere, right? They're going to they win will. a point somewhere. They will win a point or two, yes. So, like, if you want to get odds this week, you've got to find those matches where, where they're going to win. I do like some of these four-ball matches where a Pendrith and or a Cam Davis Long hitters, they were put on this team for a reason. Yeah. I think the analytics folks have found that their games match up for Quail Hollow really well. Yes. I would look at those guys in some four-ball matches. Anyone else on either side that you're targeting for a specific type of match? I like what you said. I also like, out of anywhere, I didn't mention this guy earlier, and I thought I should have. Christian Bazanyhau is just a natural fighter, yeah. right? And the stuff that I've heard from the team room, he is possibly more pumped than anyone to perform wow. this week. Interesting. He's the lone South African for a South African captain, which is very rare. And this look only once before we had one South African. It was actually last time and we almost won, mm -hmm. you know, so it's interesting that scenario. He's the lone guy this week. His entire life has been fighting to get to where he is. And he has zero fear for what what's out in front of him. In fact, he's just champing at the bit or chomping at the bit. I don't know what they say, but to knock down some American players. So keep an eye on him. I like that. I mentioned Justin Thomas won't lose in singles for a third time in his President's Cup career. I would throw Max Homa, last week's winner of the Fortnite Championship. 
seems to play pretty well on Sundays. His win percentage when he's in contention is very, very, very high. He will not lose his singles match either. There's certain certainly ways we can attack this week. These have been our best bets. Thanks so much, everybody out there, for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us every single week here on the Links and Locks pod, proudly presented, by the way, by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. He's Ben Everell. I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's President's Cup. Here's hoping you guys hit the grade.